Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito, pop pass, end zone, touchdown, and the ball game! DeVito, in relief, wins it for the Orange! They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing into this! It is over! The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me want to Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo. A 14-yard quarterback draw. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. And the celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know, there's validity in that opinion. Here's X-Men. Ah! Hey! ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica Road, heard on 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you're doing, probably just sitting in the house, right? Hopefully you got outside, hopefully you're doing something, you're moving and grooving as best you can in the social distancing era. And you can take us with you wherever you go doing that on the ESPN app. A terrific way to do just that. Take us with you wherever you go. Find ESPN Syracuse on the ESPN app on the audio section. And we're there. Our podcast is available to you to listen on demand. Catch up on the weekend or catch up whatever you've missed through the week. Just go to iTunes, find ESPN Syracuse, hit that subscribe button, and you're all set. We made it to Friday. We're here. We made it through another week. I know the days kind of mesh together. What's the difference between the week and the weekend these days with all of us working at home and just not having a concept of time or anything? But uh, I still like to at least note what day it is, try and feel like it's a normal week. I get to still come here to the studio and do the thing, so at least my I'm centered that way. But for those that need a gentle reminder, today is Friday. Uh, today is April 3rd, 2020, if you forgot what year it is. So we made it through another week. And an interesting weekend awaits, as we will discuss here on the Syracuse basketball front. Current events that we're tracking today and the ultimate step back into time, as we will discuss. And we'd love to hear from you throughout the program at 437-7644. That's the phone number. You can always find me on Twitter, Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter, uh, the text line is a great way to stay in touch with the show and fire off your opinions throughout the show at 288-0644 as well. Three terrific ways to get in touch with the show and get those opinions heard into the weekend. All right. We're here. It's Friday. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I am. I'm actually excited about what we're going to be doing tomorrow. It's nice to have a feeling of anticipation back when it comes to a sporting event, even though we all know how it ends, right? So we'll discuss that on the show today. Uh, I, I, this is this is interesting what we're going to do. I have reached out to a guest. The guest is ready to go, but I only want to have on this guest if Patrick Tepe commits. So if Patrick Tepe, and I stop me if you heard this before, this is not a repeat. This is not a drill, right? Like with Brent, he, he, we, we've been through this. Do you have the Corona fever or something. We've already been through this. He's going to Duke. Well, if this got lost in the shuffle, he was 
for about five minutes. And then we learned yesterday that Patrick Tepe, 6'10 transfer from Columbia, had decommitted from Duke already and had reopened his commitment. Now, there's been some kind of sort of hints, nothing firm, nothing reported at this point, and I'll keep an eye on it here during the program, as I know the blockheads out there will keep their eye on it and certainly let me know on the air, on Twitter, whatever the case may be, when the news comes across. I'm sure our buddy Jim CBW, all over it, ready to contribute, ready to go, uh, if and when the news breaks. So if that does in fact break, because he's reopened his commitment and would be a nice addition to the Syracuse basketball roster, uh, we'll get instant analysis on that. during the show today from our good friend Mike McAllister. Not that we don't want to talk to Mike McAllister otherwise, but Mike and I were texting a little bit today, and I was saying, well, I don't want to get you on just to speculate, because we've already done that, right? We've already thought about it. We've already speculated about what it would be like if he's added to the roster. I said, let's do something if he commits. We'll just get live, fresh instant analysis on this. So, maybe, potentially, could be Mike McAllister on the show today. Other than that, we'll talk to you and we'll talk about a few other things. The NBA's Vegas plan, I don't know if you guys have seen this or heard about this, it's pretty interesting. What they propose, what is being floated out there about finishing out the season. Some players have added their insight into this and it's pretty interesting. Some other things we'll get into with, uh, you know, the national championship game being re-aired tomorrow on the CBS Sports Network, something we're going to talk about here shortly. Uh, our top six list later in the program is, if you've been listening the past couple of days, but we may haven't had the chance to hear, uh, with kind of limited staffing that we have here on the show and in the station, we don't have the, the number of people usually around, our producers and everything. I'm kind of flying solo here during the show. So we, we've we put the blind side aside as a daily segment. We're still going to do it here and there and, and kind of figure it out, maybe get people on the phone, or we're just kind of reassessing how we're going to do it because Seth's got some time off and we don't have people in the building as much as we usually do. So I, I don't want to do the blind side daily if I don't have somebody to come in here and blindside me, right? That's the concept of the segment. I don't know what the questions are that come in. We're reacting instantly to those questions. So we're doing some different things in that time slot, including the top six list. We wake up the voice guy, make him work a little bit. Number one. He's quarantined at home, but we're, we're letting him, you know, pipe in from home with those. I mean, listen to those pipes. Number five. Oh, that's our guy right there. It's our guy, Jim. So top six moments from the national championship game, because I cheated a little bit today. I got to be honest with you. I didn't do it too much because I want to experience this tomorrow. We're doing a live chat on Syracuse.com. I saw SU Athletics is doing a big thing on this now. There's a lot of interesting Twitter reaction that's going to be out there. People are having Zoom watch parties for this, Facebook watch parties for this. SU Athletics is doing one. I think Matt Park is hosting it, and I think the Bayheims are going to contribute. I saw Mike Hopkins is going to contribute. Some former players are going to contribute. So all interesting. And this is what sports is supposed to do. That's why I'm looking forward to this. It's like looking forward to a game, although we know the results. 
And every night something's being re-aired, and people are being smart about what they're re-airing and how. Like I saw today that the NFL Red Zone channel is going to start re-airing some of their Red Zone broadcasts from the season. Terrific. This is not a sports-related thing, but HBO is making a lot of its content. The Wire, The Sopranos, some of the great documentaries and series available free of charge. Really smart. We've seen football games being re-aired, NBA games being re-aired, 30 for 30 documentaries, because we just kind of need something to hold us over here. Last night, that amazing USC-Texas National Championship game, right there in the conversation, as one of the best national championship games in the history of college football. Davo Swinney had some very interesting comments about college football today, by the way, that we'll get to uh, during hot takes later this hour, presented by our friends at Jack Daniels, Tennessee Apple. Some of these may interest you and some of these may not. If you just need a sports fix, you're tuning some of these in, right? But as a Syracuse fan, to hear that the CBS Sports Network is going to re-air the entire national championship game, now this is tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, on CBS Sports Network. To see the reaction from people, the anticipation from people, to see, like I mentioned, you already may have been involved in one, arranged one, or going to be participating in one. We've got one on Syracuse.com, Cuse.com's doing one. I've seen some other Twitter feeds and, and fans out there coming together. And here we are, less than a month, I can't believe we're approaching almost a month. Feels like a year, but... The last time Syracuse played was March 11th against North Carolina. And March 12th is the day everything shut down. If it wasn't shut down by then, that's the day everybody pushed the button and said, we can't do this, right? Because Rudy Gobert tested positive and then all the dominoes started falling. Almost a month ago. It's hard to believe that's the case, right? So since then, the re-airings, what different channels are doing... I've gotten sick of some of them, and I'm sure some of you have gotten sick of some of them because, like, this is a Jedi mind trick, right? I know this game is already aired, and yes, I like the rhythm and the feel of having a game on in the background, watching something, getting that sports fix. I saw CBS today is going to re-air the Masters next weekend, which thank you for that. I think they're doing the Phil Mickelson win in 2004, which will be great to re-watch again. And they're doing Tiger Woods last year. I'll watch that again. I'll Jedi mind trick myself into that. Take my usual Masters nap and everything that you would do on Masters weekend, right? Which I believe is Easter weekend, too. So I'm all for that. Although some of these I just get sick of. I get more depressed in a way that there's no sports. Because I'm like, this isn't, this is real, but it's not something that's happening right now. The one true thing left, right, in the Netflix digital era. Live sports just gave us something that we don't get in television anymore. We don't get in entertainment anymore. That you got to be there feeling. There's a few shows that are appointment television when Game of Thrones was coming down the stretch. Two or three other shows maybe that fit that bill that you just can't wait to see that you have to watch. Like back in the day when we had, I had to watch television when the, when the shows came on. You had to be there at 8 o'clock. I'd must-see TV Thursday to see the Cosby show. And if you didn't see it, you didn't see it. Too bad. It's back in my day. 
But now, of course, everything is, is on demand and digital. But live sports was that one thing that broke that rule that you had to be there for. Now we're even breaking that rule because we've seen this. But think about how often, now depending on your level of fandom here, because here's the trick of this. You can pull up the 2003 National Championship game and watch it on YouTube right now. But you're not watching it collectively. You're not watching it as a community. And at the heart of it, that's what we're missing about sports, the community aspect of it. There's a game. We watch the game. And in this era, the modern era we live in, we get to watch the game on a second screen, on Twitter, or whatever form of social media you're at, whatever message board you're in. We react to the game. We come on Sports Talk Radio the next day. We write about it on Syracuse.com the next day. And it's a constant conversation leading into the next game. Something that we look around now and we say, boy, I miss that. We took that for granted when they shut everything down, the unprecedented sports shutdown that we are in. We've seen sports shut down before. There's been strikes. Sports shut down for about 9, 10 days after 9-11, certainly World War II. But we're in rare air here. We are in a rare situation of how many sports had to abruptly hit the brakes at the same time. And I like how people have gotten creative and have embraced, well, this is what we got, right? We heard those stories, and I did I did my, my old man voice a moment ago, right? But we heard those stories from your grandparents. Back in WW2, we had to turn the lights off every night and look out for them Nazis outside the window, right? Like, and like okay, Grandpa, I've heard this story, but now we're, we're appreciating those stories of how they came together during World War II to mass produce things, to, to uh, like, you had to ration certain foods because the troops needed it. And hearing all them stories from Grandpa about what we did back in the Depression, right? It's like, well, we're kind of going through some of that now. In more serious walks of life, but when it comes to our entertainment, when it comes to being sports fans, when it comes to, man, we got nothing. So we'll take what we can get and we'll you'll appreciate what I give you, right? Well, we appreciate what is being given to us, especially because something tomorrow night is something we care about. Some of these other games that have aired, as a sports fan, you probably care because you, you want to see it again. But the collective community feeling of watching a game that we care about, that's going to be fun tomorrow night. That's going to feel normal to sit in front of a television and watch a game that you know your friends and family are watching too. To make an appointment as a fan to sit down and watch a game. Knowing that there's a community involved in this, that you can react with a community and, and think how many first-time viewers there's going to be of this in your family, in your circle of life. People you didn't know in 2003. Children you didn't have in 2003. Significant under, pardon me, significant others that you didn't have in 2003. 17 years ago. Feels like a lifetime. So if you haven't watched it, there's going to be plenty of people doing it with you on Zoom, social media, Facebook, whatever the case may be, on Saturday. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And rooting through it today, I, I cut out some highlights that we're going to play later in the show and during our top six list. But I didn't want to watch too much of it because I want to experience this as we watch it Saturday. And what will truly be the oh yeah moments. Oh yeah, I don't remember that. 
Oh, man, I forgot. Like, I'll give you a hint. Free throws matter. Oh, boy, hashtag free throws matter. Totally forgot about that. How reminiscent it was of 87 when Syracuse was in that same building playing that very same game. The players that didn't have big games but had the biggest moments. We all remember Jerry's six three-pointers, right? But do you remember he didn't even score in the second half? And like just all these things. I don't. I can't believe I'm saying I don't want to spoil something we've all already watched. But the moments that you want to feel again as if you were in the moment in 2003. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. Not only people getting together and socially distanced, of course, and by today's standards, but the community feeling again of Syracuse fans. Like that buzz, that feeling knowing that everybody's watching the game. Because when old games are on right now, when you're flipping around, no matter what channel it is, like you kind of have to root people out. You got to text your friends. Hey, you watching this? Hey, this game's on. Get on Twitter. What's the game everybody's reacting to? As I mentioned last night, ESPN was showing the Texas USC national championship game, right? And the way people were reacting to that, you forget like the monster comeback Texas had. That game was over. That game was over. USC had that thing. And Vince Young did Vince Young things. And you just say to yourself, it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. We get that tomorrow. We get our moment tomorrow. Finally, we get our moment. They they re-aired some other games. They showed the Hobart-Syracuse lacrosse game from this year on ACC Network last night. There's been other games that have re-aired here and there on like ESPNU and Classic. But this is the one. Like This is the moment. So enjoy it. Get together again. Feel normal again. Introduce somebody of a younger generation that didn't get to experience it. This could be a great chance for you. Maybe you had some friends at the time in 2003 and life happens and you drift apart and you move away. And even with Facebook and the way we connect today, what a great way to say, hey, let's hang out together. Maybe not the way we did in 2003 because we can't, but here's this cool Zoom thing or FaceTime or whatever you want to do. Let's watch the game again like we did in 2003. Reconnect. That's what sports does. It brings people together. And tomorrow night we're going to get that again. So I'm looking forward to it. We'll walk down memory lane that game a little bit. Those oh yeah moments, top six from the national title game later in the show. Some other things we'll get to throughout. As mentioned, we're keeping an eye on... Tepe watch. He has, all indications are that he will make his announcement today. He will decide today again where he's going. And Syracuse seems to be the choice. That's not official yet. There's been a lot of hints that way. There's been some. I would hesitate to call them reports, but there's been some strong nudges on the social media today that the reason Patrick Tepe decommitted was to commit back to Syracuse, so we'll keep our eye on that. And if it does happen while we're on the air, we'll get some instant reaction from our good friend Mike McAllister, CuseNation.com. One other thing I wanted to mention here uh, before we take a break is a big happy birthday. Happy birthday today to my mother, who's become somewhat of a character on this show, right? My mom... I'm not going to tell you how old she is because she'll kill me if I say that here on the radio today. 
But um, she has reached a significant age today, a noteworthy age today. I will just say that. And I am so thankful that even socially distanced, which was weird, we went to see her today and we had to stay, you know, this six feet apart and the whole thing. Couldn't even give my mother a hug on her birthday, which that uh, that that uh, that wrecked me. But getting to see her and say happy birthday and even in this weird socially distanced way we had to do it, I feel lucky that I got to do that. And I think those family moments, those those great moments that you get to share, even in this weird era, you cherish a little bit more. So I hope you've been doing that as best as you can. If you've had family situations, celebrations you'd usually have. I'll tell you, Donna DeToda wrote an excellent article today on Syracuse.com about what high school seniors are going through right now. And everybody's affected by this, right? I'm not picking one over the other. Everybody's affected by this in some way, shape, or form. We're trying to get through it the best we can. So big birthday shout out. To my mama, who is blank years old today. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Back at you, baby, On the Block, ESPN Radio. Today, we're going to do today's top six, Burdick Toyota. They're selling cars. Now, they're doing it online, so make sure you get on BurdickToyota.com, do that process, and then... Make the arrangements to pick up your brand new Toyota or your leased Toyota, whatever the case may be, under the parameters we're under now. The service department is open as usual. That is an essential business. So no matter what it is, the fuel-efficient Corolla, the sheer power and towing capacity of the Toyota Tundra, whatever it is, our friends at Burdick Toyota are here to help you, especially in these complicated times. But they're going to make it easy. They're going to make it safe for you. At Burdick Toyota. So wake up, voice guy. Let's go. Number six. These are the six things about the national championship game. Now, I guess I should say in a weird way, boiler alert, if you're going to re-watch this thing tomorrow and want to relive it in a pure form and have those oh yeah moments here, but I don't think I'm going to say anything here that you're going to be stunned by re-watching this tomorrow. But these were the six things that really stood out to me about the 2003 National Championship game, which we're all going to be re-watching again tomorrow in some capacity, just on television. Maybe you're having a Zoom party. There's watch parties going on all over the Internet, including one we're doing on Syracuse.com. I know Cuse.com is doing one. Cool way to relive this moment or for some out there, live it for the first time, right? But number six to me, Hakeem Warwick's rebound. Kim Warwick had a lot of key moments in this game. We all know the biggest one, but the rebound he had off the Kirk Heinrich miss, there were plenty of shots, as you'll see it when you rewatch this thing again tomorrow, that Kansas had an opportunity to cash in on. I still can't believe Heinrich missed the shot that would have tied it at 81. It was in, it rattles out, Hack gets the rebound, Hack gets fouled, which leads us to number five. Number five. Free throws matter. Kansas went 12 of 30 from the free throw line. Hakeem Warwick missed two free throws at the end of this game with Syracuse up by three. I don't want to say what a ice dip would have given them an 83-78 lead and would have made Kansas' life a hell of a lot more difficult than it was. Queth Dwayne goes one of two in a key spot. Like, can you say the ghosts 
were in that building again. You're telling me somebody down the stretch with Syracuse holding a lead missed some free throws and the other team got an opportunity. In this case, it would have been to tie the game, but to significantly change the course of the game, as happened in 87. I mean, you want to talk about exercising those demons and overcoming those odds. But don't forget about the rebound. Don't forget about the free throws. And don't forget about... Number four. Carmelo Anthony, 20-10, and 10, had a good game. Had a terrific Final Four, most outstanding player at 33 against Texas and was dominant. But you'll be reminded of, in watching this game, not only that he played through a bad back and how many times that Billy Packer will remind you of that, but there was a sequence at the end of the game where Mello, on an inbounds play, got knocked over, hits the court, and got up very slowly. Now, by this point, he had certainly... You know, done what needed to be done from his part. They could have survived without him. But there were several times in that game where we're reminded of his back, we're reminded of the injury he's playing through, and then we're awed by the fact that he's playing through it. Number three. We gave Jerry McNamara number three for obvious reasons, right? Because of the threes he hit in the first half. Stone cold feeling. Look, Jerry's told the story on the air before. He's told it in other places if he's in one of those watch parties Saturday or on social media, like a lot of us are going to be re-watching the game, I'm sure he'll tell this story again. But Jerry just was feeling it that night. We saw that, but he said that. He told Carmelo that. He told anybody who would listen that before the game. There's just shooters just get this feeling. He had a great warm-up, and they could just tell, like, he's got it. Six three-pointers first half, didn't score in the second half. But boy, did he score in the first half. Number two. Jim Beheim cutting down the net. The iconic image, finally, of seeing Jim Beheim cut that net down. And we've heard the story about how Julie basically had to keep him out on the court to watch one shining moment. And he was still trying to kind of put on that, ah, this isn't a big deal moment. But for him to finally get that moment, to smile, to see him climb up that ladder and cut down that net. How many people have been waiting for that for years? But number one, number one is pretty obvious. Heinrich gets it. Heinrich puts up the shot. It's too long, and Syracuse is your national champion. Has New Orleans given us Final Fours or not? The pile on, the moment, the championship, and it was all made possible by this. Heinrich with four seconds gives it up corner. Lee shot blocked. They have less than a second to go. It's not how tall, it's how long, and Warwick got a piece of that. It's actually showing no time on the clock, but seven-tenths of a second on the shot clock. So there's seven-tenths on the game clock. And Heinrich, I thought he would launch it. Lee instead. Seven-tenths of a second. I I really thought Heinrich probably should have taken it, but you know, Lee's the best... shooter they have percentage-wise, but it's just the fact that Warwick, with those long arms, was able to pick it off. Kind of a disappointing call, honestly, from Jim Nance there. I think if he uh, had the chance to do that again, it probably would have been a more exciting call. Uh, We want to talk about an eerie connection, by the way, between that and 87. There was confusion about how much time was left on the clock in 87 after Keith Smart shot. There was confusion about how much time was on the clock after Warwick's block. They gave Kansas more time, and I played the clip before that. That one was airballed 
Syracuse dodged a lot of bullets, as you're going to see rewatching this thing tomorrow night. Let's uh, take one final break, take it down the home stretch.